You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Triple play fantasies basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am Coach James Lewis, fresh off a charter fishing trip over here in the Chesapeake Bay. Caught some nice rockfish. About to make a good meal with that later. Gentlemen, as always, the divergent Bradley Kilgore. Shout out UMBC. What's up, yes, Bradley? sir. Always, always. I'm ready to talk some hoops, man. Let's get it. And we brought our guy Chase Ryder, coach of Walter Johnson, varsity basketball team, uh, 14-year Washington Wizards team attendant, my uh, Towson University alumni brother. Chase, how you doing? Yes, sir. Doing well, man. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me back. Ready to talk? We gotta, to we gotta make you a regular, man. We gotta, we gotta have you meet Eric and Kevin and them. Okay. Yeah, we just gotta get Kevin to get on here. We gotta get Eric to to come out of his hiding. We miss you guys. Yeah. Wait, when's the last time Eric's been on the show? He he hopped on with the with the with the draft. He got in there a little bit, although That's we couldn't right, see him. Draft. That's right. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. He's still hiding, even when he <laughs> even when he showed up, we couldn't see his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Uh-oh. here Uh-oh. he is, speaking of the Uh-oh. devil. I was ah. just saying, I was like, Eric, I was like, when's the last time Eric was on a basketball show? Uh, I have some more stability now, so I was like, all yeah. right, <laughs> here we are. Fresh off a rough Saturday night, Doc Mendelson. Wearing a blanket. <laughs> rough Friday night as well. We're here to talk some hoops, baby. All the fun bunch is here. I love it. It just got exciting. And we got some news. Um, The end of the summer is uh, right around the corner, although it feels that way since uh, a couple of us teachers are back in school. Kiddos coming in tomorrow. A big trade happened. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. It's not a big trade. (laughs) Well... There was it was a very light newsworthy week, probably the lightest uh, NBA newsworthy week yeah. that we've seen since uh, pre bubble. That's fair. Um, so I guess this is this is big for me in a week because I haven't seen much on the ticker. The jump is gone. I don't know if we're going to talk about that or not, but they they took away the jump and um, I that man that was a show I watch every day. Like I love I love I love I had it on record. I mean you know I want to watch every single part of it, but and they're going to make yeah. it worse. I thought it was a great. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Do you? Do we know? Apparent, apparently, they're gonna like just give Stephen A. like a show with like Will Bond and um and Magic Johnson, and then ah. just have that every day. Like Magic, Magic. Johnson's gonna say nothing. Will Bond's got his like generic take. Like a, I at no, least that- like learn stuff on on um on the jump with like a mean and. And like people that were in the front offices and would like teach you things and break new, like that was that was great. I'm gonna miss. I feel it. like they had. I feel like they had to scrub the jump because of all the Rachel Nichols stuff and Paul Pierce yeah. was a big part of that show. Like there was just too much hot water with the personalities in there, and I feel like you can't just bring in new people. You just yeah. make a new show instead. But yeah, yeah. yeah shout out, and shout out to Brad's point. They brought in a lot of different um, characters, not just former mm-hmm. NBA players, but good writers. People that know the ins and outs of, uh, monetarily speaking, the contracts of these players, and I know this is the the jump put me on with Zach Lowe, someone that I really exactly respect his basketball opinion. Um, Ethan Strauss will be on there. Like it, it was, there was just a lot of great journalists that were they were constantly teaching you something. It wasn't just like takes that you can find anywhere. 
So First I time I saw know. Malika Andrews was on on the yeah. jump. And, Malika um, Andrews was on there. She, Are you going to whisper her name dumb. today, Brad? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm going to delete you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a trade to talk about. Uh, Larry Nance in the second-round pick goes to Portland from uh, Cleveland. Cleveland gets Lori Marketing on a four-year, $67 million contract. The Bulls get a protected non-lottery first-round pick that goes all the way to 2028 from Portland. And Derek Jones Jr., what do you like? What do you not like about the trade? Let's start with Chase. You know, it's funny. So last week when I was on here, we talked about how Portland's offseason was just flawless. And and to to add the great Larry Nance is just the most Portland thing ever. Um, It really does nothing for their team. I mean, again, maybe it helps them on the defensive side. But Derek Jones Jr. was interesting because they were playing him a lot last year. And then during the playoffs, he kind of just went out of the aura of the uh, rotation when Norman Powell came in. And then he he wasn't getting any time in the playoffs. So does this really do anything for Portland? In my opinion, not really. Uh, I mean, it's it's great for Cleveland. I mean, Lori Marketing needed needed a new team. Um, Again, we don't really know, like I was kind of saying on the last show, I mean, when the, when the Bulls were bad, it was two years ago before the bubble, he was putting up numbers. I mean, he 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 had some really nice games. Every you know, the Bulls were kind of saying that he's going to be you know the next Porzingis, and then kind of he kind of fell off last year. Um, he had some injury problems, but the Bulls kind of just you know wanted him out, and I mean, he got paid. So that's, it's just crazy to me that you know one season, you know, you can put up numbers, and then you know other GMs you know see that and they're like, oh, this could be our guy. So. I mean, again, with Cleveland, he'll put up numbers, but Cleveland is still kind of a, a mess in my opinion. Brad, what you got to say? Well, I mean, to me, Larry Nance and Derek Jones Jr. are kind of like similar players. Like, I, I don't see the upgrade there. They're both like rim-running bigs that can jump out of the gym. I suppose Larry Nance does a little more dirty work. Yeah, he does a little, a little a lot. He does a lot more on the court. He plays. He plays a little. TV. He plays a little more defense. But in terms of like what Dame is looking for, it's like Dame. Dame doesn't want to have to score sixty points in a buzzer beater like to win by two in the playoffs every time. Like he wants somebody that can actually change the outcome of a game, and that's not like no disrespect, but that's not Larry Nance Jr. Like he's. He's like a he's a missing piece that you need to add. Like if you need some toughness or you need you need a like a you need to run a small ball lineup that, you know, somebody that can play the four or the five. Um, you need you need somebody that can run a pick and roll. Like that's he's almost like a an ancillary piece that you add. He's not somebody that is like an extra superstar that takes Portland to the next level. So I, I don't really understand this trade um i think they were better off just letting derrick jones do his thing and give him more minutes like like chase said like he just kind of fell out of the rotation so i again like i don't i don't really know what portland's front office is doing um hopefully they prove us wrong and and prove dame wrong but um we'll see time will tell come on doc defend the guy larry nance jr and derrick jones jr are like the same player doc you heard it all right all right, so here's here's my thing about Larry Nance. Very bad injury luck last season. Right wrist sprain on two separate occasions. Fractured the more the fourth metacarpal on his left finger. He had a mysterious okay. illness. That's why they where, call him Doc. Fourth metacarpal. <laughs> he had a mysterious illness where he lost twenty pounds finger, at one right? point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just had to sound a little fancy. But so all that being said. He's a guy that does it all. Averaged about 10 points, six rebounds, three assists, was actually leading the NBA in steals before his, his first injury thing. So he's a type of guy that you need. And I think he has a very high motor, which works well with Dame. I don't necessarily understand getting rid of Derek Jones because I was a fan of him as well. I think it's kind of like a wash. Maybe they upgrade a little bit. But I do think it's easier to find scoring, whether in a buyout market. I'm not saying that Jamal Crawford is going to come back, but like, a Carmelo or a Jamal Crawford or even someone like a Dennis Schroeder that took a $5.6 million deal with the Celtics, I think you can find scoring easily than you can find people that want to do the dirty work because at the end of the day, this is the NBA. A lot of these players have egos and they're not willing to sacrifice them for the team. They want their own stats. Yeah, and they're 
their problem is defense, and that's where I see Larry Nance Jr. as an upgrade here. Also, Lori Markinen, better contract than Davis Bertans, I'll say. But Already, even if he gets is, hurt and doesn't play, like Derek Jones played defense though. Like he was, he was getting. You would see him on the jump getting those huge blocks. Like you would see him, you know, he's he's kind of almost LeBron esque in how he let somebody he let somebody blow by him so he could trail and then get the block. Like he had that kind of athleticism defensively. I wouldn't say that's great defense because you can make great plays. I think like he's, uh, he's no, it's he not slider on defense. Like it's not Larry Nance has a defense. bigger build, and I think that he he obviously with his anticipation for steals, but he can also body up with some of the bigger players a little bit better. And I think what's true, what, but in an interchangeable NBA where like, you know, everybody's playing five positions now, almost like you, a guy like Derek Jones, like he's not, he's not a slouch. Like he can guard, he can guard wings. He might, he maybe can't bang around with some fives, but he can guard wings and, and the occasional four, like Derek Jones had plenty of upside and they, I, it seems like they gave up on him for a similar player to me. I don't see the I see I don't see the problem with this in Port, for Portland. I kind of agree with with Chase as far as it doesn't move the meter much. Like I don't know if this win total might go up one or two two wins now that you have uh, Larry Nance Jr. starting in that lineup. But uh, Phillips is trying to find a nucleus in which he can trust defensively, and obviously he wasn't. He, he wasn't thinking that with Derrick Jones Jr. I think that he gets blown by by some of the quicker guards and he gets beat up a little bit by some of these bigger players. And I'm saying that Larry Nance Jr. is this elite defender, but he is an upgrade there. And he does pass the ball very well in an offense where Nurch can get you some buckets. He passes decently as well. Covington's just out there really to play defense. I mean, he averaged maybe, what, eight points a game and he – he was playing like 32 it's, to 30. This was, was one of the worst years he's minutes. ever had, though. That's not him as a player. I think with the system that Chauncey brings in, I'm intrigued to see, you know, kind of ha- how he um, inflects winning into this this franchise. I, this just they needed to switch Terry Stocks in, and obviously uh, Damian Lillard Jr. Uh, Damian Lillard were very very tight, uh, but they they needed a new look. Sometimes you hear the same voice for years and years and years, and you know. They are who who we think they are. They're going to be like the the Pacers of the East. Like they'll be in the playoffs, but you know, there's probably not a good chance they'll get out the first round. But I I don't like this uh, Lori Marketing thing though. I don't like him in Cleveland. They are we talked we talked about in the group chat. They have, already have so many bigs. Love isn't looking for a buyout. They I, I saw that was reported because I I you know my speculation is like oh, okay buyout season he'll be he'll be fine find his way to a contender. He might you know put the Yo, coach. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you something. So do you think that let's say Kevin Love got a buyout? Do you think there's a single team like he's coming off of uh, basically getting kicked out of the Olympics for being out of shape? Like, do you think that a team would offer him? A, a minimum deal like if he did get a buyout like i think that's the, why he doesn't want to buy the out. lakers the lakers would be the first one at the gate of course he played with russell westbrook in college they went to the final four he's won a championship with lebron james he there's continuity there uh he's played he's had some big moments and he's selfless he's a selfless player and um so i think that they would be the first ones at the gate waiting and then brooklyn had as you know second choice on that matter i think that that's where the market is for a player like that that's okay. all about winning that will take that minimum deal. He just got paid over $100 million on that what contract. What about you, Chase? Good. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if he, there are teams that, you know, that would, you know, that would take him. But the thing is, like you said, Brad, like he doesn't want that buyout because, you know, he doesn't want to go from, you know, taking that minimum. Because really, like you said, you know, he was out of the Olympics because he was out of shape. I was, I've been saying that all year when he, when he came to play us. Uh, early in the year, I mean, you would have thought he was 45. Hasn't you know? Haven't, hasn't he was at the YMCA? I mean, he couldn't even get up and down the court. Yeah, how much oh, would man. that hell cost him? He would have to eat like 20 mil. Like we just saw Lamarcus Aldridge do that That's same insane. thing, and then it ended up being kind of terrible for him because he didn't he didn't bring in that money. And he found out that he's got a condition which might jeopardize his he health. Almost, and he almost needs retire. to play like he needs to play his market value up. Like he needs to get minutes on the Cavs. Give him like twenty and like eight, and then maybe accept a buyout. Because I think as it sits now, like I, I don't see the Lakers having any use for him. I don't see the Nets having any use for him. Like Blake yeah, Griffin, 
So if you're the yeah, Cavs, you Kevin, 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 Kevin Love doesn't fit on any team right now. Maybe a rebuilding team. Does he start? And that's not to say he's a scrub. Like he's probably a Hall of Famer. He's he's a scrub at this point right now, and it's partially because of injuries. If you're the Cavaliers, are you starting Kevin Love or or, no. or Mark Aiken? Uh, it depends who's who's making the starting lineup. the The GM or the coach. The coach yeah, probably a- says no. The GM says we're paying this guy thirty million. He's playing. Well, and they're also yeah. still like in the rebuilding phase. Do they still do they want to yeah. win? But but right. are 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 they in the rebuilding phase if they give a sixty seven mil contract to Markinen and a hundred to Jared Allen? Like I yeah. feel like rebuilding is when you shed contracts. I think they're trying that's, a different approach fair. here. I think they're trying to find some some contracts that may be movable in the future. What does this say about Colin Sexton? I did want to hear your opinions on that because Colin Sexton is due to get paid, and you throw 100 at Jared Allen, and now you give 67 to Laurie, which is literally you know work. This is a risk here. You're you're trying to see. Hopefully, you can rebuild this guy's career to shoot showed some promise as a rookie. But what does this say about Colin? He's been in trade speculations the past two years. It looks like. Darius Garland no. might be the have the higher upside and might be their guard of the future. I don't see those two guys pairing well because they're small. We, I mean, we we see how elite Portland's guard plate is uh, with two smaller guards, but you see it's not working. And are those two guys equivalent in the future to Dame and CJ? I don't see that. What does this say about Colin? Do you guys see him on the He move? gone. He gone. They ain't paying right. him. Chase? Yeah, I mean, like, like you said – Garland and Sexton are just not going to work together. Those are two small guards. I don't even know if they're both six feet. They're maybe right an inch below six feet. But on the defensive, I mean, they both, you know, both scores. But on the defensive end, you know, you can't have them both on the court. It's kind of like having Nate Robinson and and uh, Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, you're, you're, you know, they're scoring every time, but especially these days with all the anal- analytics. I'm sure analytics shows you that those two guys on the court, the defensive rating goes down a ton. Brad, you see him going too? I don't actually. I, I might be in the minority here because I think even though he's in trade discussions every year, like they could have pulled the trigger and they didn't because they know his value. So to me, it's like this is a guy that has literally, if you look at his stats, he's literally gotten better every single year of his career. And he's going to continue to do so. He doesn't play yeah, any 23 defense. a game. They don't just give out 23 a game. They don't just give that. The thing is 24. with him is it's coming off the back of like a huge usage rate. Like he's going to have the ball in his hands constantly. And like Doc said, like if you're if you are rebuilding, if you are retooling, you don't want to have a a ball dominant guard kind of messing with the the growth of your other players, like a, like an Okoro. Like I, if you draft an Okoro that high, you want to see him grow. It's hard for him to grow if he's not going to get those looks. So I, I don't know where Colin Sexton fits, but he is their offense at this point. So I think he, he's, he's probably going to stay to me. I, I don't know. I think they have to pay him almost. It's it's almost like uh Darren Fox on, on the Kings before he became like almost an all-star caliber guard. He was kind of just a ball dominant, you know, really fast John Wall type, couldn't shoot. And then he grew into a score. He grew into somebody that could distribute. He grew into a defender, getting a bunch of a bunch of swipes. So I I kind of see that similar career arc for, for Sexton. So, but we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm a little optimistic. And I think Garland Garland's a great three-point shooter. So like Chase said, neither of them can play defense. But if you can shoot, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a role. So I don't know. I'm, I'm with uh, Doc and Chase on this. I think that he is on the way out. I don't know when, but uh, he's definitely going to be giving you numbers, and that might be intriguing to some some other team. Who do you think he fits with? Uh, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, nobody and everybody. So, I mean, I think that he right. like he can be a good contributor on all these teams, but I don't think he affects winning. Um, in the large in the larger picture, when you when you're comparing him to other elite guards in our league. I think that like a, he gets money. He gets he gets buckets. He's not the greatest uh, distributor. Uh, what else does he do? He he doesn't rebound at a high clip. I, I mean, he's, he's like a Dennis. He's a Dennis Schroeder comp almost. Like he could get eighty five million, or he could get five million. Like it's it just depends on the fit. Like Monte Ellis esque. Yeah, as yeah. Far as like I see that. You know, you're yeah. a bigger uh, guard. You get buckets. You you get on a highlight tape. But is that a winning player? You see, Monte's trying to come back. 
What's that? You see Monte Ellis is trying to make a comeback? Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. I haven't seen him on the scene at all. Yeah, you said that. I was like, that's interesting. I haven't seen him play at, like, at all in four years. He's so a we'll bucket, see. man. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see. Marketing, this is like a similar situation to the Bulls where it's a crowded front court. Like, you kind of want to instill confidence with him. And so, like, hopefully they do start him and at least see it out with what he looks like next to Allen. Because you pay, the, pay someone $67 million, you should yeah. at least want to see them. Um, get the, the the real opportunity to play. And then, you know, if if K-Love's upset and he's throwing the ball at the referee or <laughs> his own teammates, then, like, that's something you have to deal with. You got to think about the future. All I know is wherever Markkanen ends up landing, like, wherever he gets his a majority of the minutes for the rest of his career, I hope they don't misuse him like the Bulls did. Like, I hope they use him as just a tall-ass guard who shoots a bunch of threes instead of, like, trying Shoot. to put him in the post. He was the pick that they got from Jimmy Butler, and you wanted it to really hit, and it was a top seven yeah. pick, I do believe. So I want to go around the horn before we talk about, you know, intriguing matchups of that first week. This is our – do you do you have Garland or Sexton? Who do you value more? I'll start. I'm pro Garland over Sexton. Brad? I'm pro Sexton. Sexton. Chase? Garland, 100%. Doc Garland Garland from a, a Sexton guy last year. Yeah, Garland was very impressive last year. I think his ability to distribute and his and, knockdown. And, 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 and look, I, I like Sexton. I think he's more of a stat stuffer than somebody that's going to help you win. It's fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dispute that. I just think, <laughs> I mean, we, we, people call Russell Westbrook a stat stuffer. That doesn't make him, you know, not a, a future Hall of Famer. Like, I think there's talent in stat stuffing. If, if people could stat stuff, they would. If everybody could stat stuff, they would. But Yeah, but it's a stat, stat stuff. stuff is, it's all in distributed in one category. It's like scoring. Points. What, Westbrook getting, leads the league in assists in 12 and grabs you 12 rebounds. I know. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a different level of But that, ha- that didn't happen overnight, though. He grew into that, right? Like, I think you got to respect – uh, guys are going to continue to grow in their career, and that's all that Sexton's done since his rookie year. Hey, I got to I got to give you one Cleveland Cavalier story from last year. So Sorry. obviously, obviously they were you know they were they were out of the playoff hunt quickly, um, and when they played us, maybe with like a month and a half left in the season, uh, you know they leave the locker room. They're about to you know they're in the tunnel, about to go warm up. And Kevin Love brings them all in, and then, uh, he just goes, "Hey, hands in, hands in, Cancun on three, one, two, three, Cancun." <laughs> yeah. With like a month and a half left in the season. Oh, That's funny. My. You heard it first, funny. Cancun <laughs> on three. So let's talk so about Kevin. Our- Kevin Love been thinking about Cancun, man. <laughs> oh yeah, he's living. He's still living off of that uh, the championship. Um, shout out Kevin Love though. This is a really good guy. Uh, one of our most intriguing matchups in the first week, NBA opens up with uh, a rematch of that seven-game thriller of the Nets and the Bucks, followed by the Lakers at Warriors. Uh, LeBron James's team matched up with the Warriors on opening night. Christmas, no stranger to any of us. This time it's a little different. Uh, Russell Westbrook takes the court with the Lakers. I don't know if Clay Thompson will be back at that point. I don't, I don't speculate that he'll be brought in just then. I think they're planning for him to come back. Christmas Day was their was their number, but he looks good shooting the ball. But I think they're just being cautious after two major, major injuries. We haven't seen him play since the finals, which seems like the finals against the Raptors, which seems like, you know, it, decades ago. So intriguing le- uh, matchups that you're looking for opening night. Sometimes you see like blowouts in these opening nights and it's not really dictative of their future trajectory of the season, but they're just trying to feel things out. Brad, what are you looking at? You took a look at the, uh, at the, at the schedule. What do you, what do you see? What pops out to you? Um, honestly, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. I'm really intrigued at what the Rockets are going to look like. I think they've got so much young talent. For those who are not keeping tabs at home, Brad has the Rockets pegged as a playoff team. I do. I do. I, and I know it's kind of a wild take because they were just horrendous Dude. last year. But all of their pieces fit together. And it's really – I'm almost shocked at what this GM has done for the Rockets. And I, I think that not only are they going to grow together, and I think we could be looking at, you know – 
a Memphis or a Bucks type of run where, you know, you get these guys really young and they all grow together and stay together. And then you have this almost this, you know, super team that can be molded into a championship team. And I think we could be looking at the beginnings of that for Houston with Jalen Green, with um, Shangun, with Chris Wood, with KPJ. Like they just have a lot of talent and they I think they all have the chance to mesh together. So I want to see what that looks like early. Um, I'm not going to judge what comes, you know, whatever. Come, they, maybe they get blown out by 30, whatever. It's going to be early. But don't forget really about John Wall and Eric Gordon. They still play on that team. I did. I actually did forget about John Wall. Um, so John Wall, Eric Gordon on top of that, like they've got talent and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Um, I think defense is going to be their, their Achilles heel, but they might be able to put up 120 a night. So I, I don't know. I really want to see how that looks. Chase? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that the Bucks nets uh, game opening night is going to be interesting because I think one team is going to blow out the other team. I just don't know what – I'm not going to pick <laughs> which I think yet. Um, it, it's kind of funny because a lot, a lot of stuff that we're hearing this offseason, like all these Bucks haters, they're, all I'm hearing about is that Kevin Durant shot uh, when his toe was on the line, and that's all I'm hearing. Like all I'm hearing is like, oh, one, you know, two more inches, and and the Bucks don't win, you know, and, and it's gone. And you know, the, the Nets win the championship without James Harden. And I'm like, all right, you can't, you can say that about any play at any type of in any game. So let's yeah. not go. So it's either that I think that game, I think that the Bucks are either going to come out and just shut up all these haters and and blow out the Nets, or they're going to come off there and they're going to have their championship hangover still. And the Nets are just going to blow them out, and they're going to start off the season just, you know, being those dogs. Um, but I'm really, what I'm really looking forward to, um, kind of that first, those first couple of days of opening night, um, is that Thursday when you know most, most of the teams that haven't played um, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm looking into that uh, Atlanta Hawks Dallas Maverick matchup, um, and I say that because these are two teams that um, kind of have a chip on their shoulder, um, and really just, you know, kind of that Trey Young. Luca matchup, and I think that this is going to be a matchup for the next ten to twelve years because again, those two guys got traded on draft night, and right now, yes, Luca is the you know the better player, the more you know household name, but Trey Young, obviously, after last year's you know run, the Hawks have you know the Hawks are right now up here where the Mavericks are still you know working around Luca, so I think that's going to be a matchup to look out for, especially those two, because I think you know. For the next, like I said, 10 to 12 years, those two are, are going to be compared um, to each other. So, Two of the best showmen in the league. And Trey Young, I mean, I, the kid get is – it reminds me of, of like LeBron and Steph as far as his hate – the haters that come to – that come at Trey Young. He's, he's an 89 on 2K. Ronnie 2K, what are we doing? 89. And, you know, probably about right. You, you take your team to the Eastern Conference Finals and you beat, you shock the 76ers in game seven at home. Like they have the momentum. Uh, Trey Young has proven that it's not just stat stuffing, it's not just 30 and 10. Um, it affects winning. And I mean, it's a spectacle. We all love to watch Trey Young and what Luka does on the other end. I'm going to be glued to that game as well. So I, I definitely like that pick and something that we'll be watching for years and years and years to come. Doc. What you looking at? So for me, I really like the opening night matchup against the Lakers and the Warriors. Laker, Laker, think, Laker. Yes. Because if you think about it, these two teams are probably at the end of their championship window. Like the Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. You know, LeBron's turning 37 in uh, December. Westbrook's 32. They're all, you know, that takes up the majority of the salary cap. And for Golden State being a perennial dynasty, to now missing the playoffs in the last two seasons, but they've kept the roster the same with the hope that Clay Thompson comes back and that in the, uh, the splash brothers backcourt is once what it was that Draymond is there, that they have James Wiseman. Uh, they have Andrew Wiggins. Uh, they have Jonathan Kuminga. So they have a deeper bench, but once again, they're still at the kind of tail end of that dynasty. So probably the teams that have the most to lose this year will just be interesting to see. And I think it's really Interesting that they're playing opening night. I don't think it was a coincidence. What does a team does a team with just Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis scare you guys? No, really, nope. What about uh, you, Chase and Coach? I think Chase said no. No, I, I think yeah. I think still so, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, okay. it scares me. I, what about you, Coach? I think that it's scary. I don't think it's championship worthy. No, they need more pieces, obviously. Oh, yeah. But I, I, like I, all, to, yeah, they, they need new, new other pieces. I think you would need a, a third, like elite player, like a oh, Brad, you still, okay. or like a Brad Beal, like. I think that they would still like you couldn't just put you know you can't be shooters three, around three three and D guys like okay. I think that wouldn't be enough I think that it would be a a really good team in a playoff team but I think there's other other teams that would be able to overcome it I mean you know how I feel about Russ like I I honestly think this trade for the Lakers almost extended their championship window because he is only thirty two and Anthony Davis is still young so it's like if you if you have just those two and you piece around three and D guys with them, I think that's making noise in the playoffs, honestly. But I, I mean, you're, I, sacrificing, I your point. You're, you're, you're sacrificing depth for talent. Like if, if Russell Westbrook gets hurt, then the Lakers are really screwed. But I think that's assuming every, case. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. When you trade for a superstar, like they're a better team than they were last year. But that oh. also means like they're an injury away from being significantly hampered. Yeah, yeah. I so the reason why I loved that trade was because the reason the Lakers didn't get far to me was because AD and LeBron both got hurt or one of them was hurt. So by getting like while you are sacrificing depth, you're getting a guy in Russ who, you know, historically is always healthy. And on top of that, if one of them, if one of LeBron or AD gets hurt, you've still got a playoff caliber team that you can run with. So I don't, I don't know. I. I think this was the rare – I see what you're saying, Doc, and I agree with you. Like, they definitely sacrificed depth in all the players they traded away. But the, the way Russ plays is almost depth in itself. Like, he does so much that it almost – it makes it work. And I know we were, we're thinking about the future, uh, but the present is still here. And you think about Russell Westbrook and AD being kind of younger superstars. LeBron James isn't going anywhere. Like, yep. this is part of the reason why we're bringing in Russell is that – and hopefully in the tail end of his career, which I think is not just extended to this year. I don't think he's done. He's got man average no. 26 a game last year and was finals MVP the year before. I think that he's going to ease his way, take a little bit of the usage rate, figure out other parts of the game. Maybe we'll see more post-up Braun um, yeah. in the tail end of, of his career. We saw a lot of that uh, with Jordan, with the Wizards, except you have like superstars around him where, you know, the Lakers, I think that they, they don't just have a one – Two year when I think they they have like a, a three year window uh, with this with this group of three superstar core, um, so that's what I'm watching. I just want to see Russell Westbrook in a Laker uniform, bringing all that intensity, and he's matching up against probably the the most eye appealing player in our league, and that's Steph Curry. In the way that Steph was playing last year, like I just I, I'll watch late. I'll watch Steph anytime he's playing. He can play the, the OKC, and you know I, I always watch anytime. LeBron James is on TV. I watch it. So I'm Chase. intrigued for that. And I, I would love to see what they look like as, as teammates in those uniforms together. Chase, did you notice any difference in culture uh, with Russ there while you were in the building? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's kind of like similar to uh, when Paul Pierce came to the Wizards, uh, even though that was in his latter you know years of his career. But yeah, 100%. I mean, when, when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook coming into your building, I mean, all the dudes, you know, respected him. I mean, even Brad, even Brad Beal, who you know was the franchise. So yeah, one hundred percent. It's just he's a he's a culture changer, um, and obviously it just didn't work out so well. Um, and, I, and I can speak about that just because I think Russ it was very frustrated with some of his teammates um, this year. They and were it, bad, and it wasn't. And it wasn't really just you know because we were losing and we were bad. It was just the effort, and I think it's because he's pouring in everything on every on every play. Yeah. And there's just sometimes where, you know, he's not seeing that in some of his teammates and he, he's just like, I'm out of here. And I think mentally he knows that he wants it out because obviously he has a better chance of winning in L.A. But I think mentally he knows that those guys, you know, LeBron, A.D., um, are, are not going to just just give up. They're going to give everything they have. So, like I said, he, he you know, you have you have to bring it when you play with Russ, you know, 48 minutes. And if not, he, he's going to sneak the ball and he's going to take awful shots and it's going to hurt the team. Russ, New man, news. Russ would have loved playing with Thomas Bryant. I yeah. wish, I wish that had happened. I wish he didn't get hurt. They definitely, he definitely was. He would definitely was on Thomas's case when Thomas was there, like, try, like yeah. trying to get the best out of him. And he looked yeah. like he was playing some good basketball with some intensity. 
Um, but a sneaky uh, uh, chill sign uh, as far as my perspective for the Lakers. It looks like um, after Rajon Rondo's buyout, he is likely to sign with the Lakers. That gives you a third point guard. And obviously he played, had a big role on that championship run. And, uh, you know, he's a savant of the game of basketball. Not many people digest the game or have as strong of an IQ as, as Rondo does. And, you know, it's, it's like adding another player coach on that yeah. team. And with Jason Kidd out, like, you, you know, you need as many brains uh, around the team as you can. So I think that that was um, a cool a cool little signing. Yo, a good reunion. Who, they got him back. They got Dwight back. Who the hell is going to sign DeMarcus Cousins, man? I'm starting to get worried. No one. He's out. Really? He'll, you think so? The, you think he's done? He'll be Clippers in the big three next summer. Clippers will bring him back. Wow. If he is in a big three, uh, watch out, Joe Johnson, because we might have a new best player. Joe Johnson, the way he dominates the big three, I did want to sprinkle this in. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up, but he leads the big three in points. He's second in rebounds. He's second in assists. He's first in steals. (laughs) The guy hits game winners. Joe Joe Johnson's still a ball player. He should be in the NBA. He should be in the NBA, and he should be leading all these stats because the big three this year is getting no love from from any media outlets. And it's not. I mean, obviously, I think it hurt with COVID, but the big three is kind of a joke this year. And I think it's because that uh, if you look at the rosters, it's obviously you know old NBA players, but then some dudes like they you know I think every city, not every city, but I think in some cities they had like open tryouts and they took some of these dudes who just are playground players. So it's like I think that's why the big three is struggling. I can't believe y'all are saying Joe Johnson should be in the league and DeMarcus Cousins shouldn't be. One has had a lot of injuries. One has had a lot of injuries. One hasn't. But also the reason why I say DeMarcus DeMarcus Cousins won't be in the NBA because he's not a locker room guy at all. And and, and it's funny because obviously everyone has known that. But, like, you're a locker room guy, you will have a job somewhere in the NBA. And if you're not – Everybody loves him. Everybody – like the Warriors loved him. The Clippers loved him. If they loved him, they they'd still be with them, though. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, yeah. the right. Warriors thing. He was also kind of involved in that the screaming match with Draymond and KD. Kind of called out Dre. He was calming him down. Nah, Remember, he was like, he was like, no, you could see it on the video. He was like, Draymond, chill, chill, play. No, nah, but I, I'm talking about what happened in the locker room. I think that there was there was a big there was a big discourse, and I, and I think I'm pretty sure that I don't know this. Boogie, what are you talking about? Boogie, Boogie kind of took KD's side. Uh, as far as Draymond, you've taken it too far. And uh-huh. when you have two alphas like that, then it creates this tension. And it's like, okay, KD knows that I got Boogie on my side. Draymond's got, you know, whoever he's talking to at the moment. Like, there was just tension there. You know, and if they don't get hurt, they still win that championship and talent exceeds whatever else is is going on in the water. But I, I, I to Chase's point, I think that he kind of plays a role in that. Because when, when you get into it with Boogie – it it like it's a, it's in the back of your head always because he's a bully right like you want you want that guy on your side and when he's when he, you know there's kind of you know discourse in there that could that could really be problematic and we saw the fallout that happened so well, but, hey, well we also I, I, I'm not that- saying that he's not good enough to be in the league I think he will get signed I think that somebody will sign him sometime during the season to get, get some minutes and he had some, a couple uh, flashes even in the playoffs for the Clippers uh, where yeah. he played some minutes he can still score the basketball at a high level he's just so slew footed though these days he can't really keep up with anybody what, That's true. would you rather as a team right now would you rather sign DeMarcus Cousins or Paul Millsap Paul Millsap DeMarcus Cousins Joe Johnson really <laughs> Man, that's I mean, I'm a huge bad. Paul Millsap guy, so that's he's a free agent. Good question. Yeah, no, that's a good question. He did, he did um, change his diet. Millsap got thinner, and he can still, he can, he can still three so a little bit in in short short time. I'd put my money that Millsap get is signed by a team that uh, quicker than Cousins, and that, and it's strictly just yeah. based on locker room veteran veteran so leadership. Let's go back to Utah. Why You've not? never heard a single. I've never heard a single negative thing about Paul Millsap in my life. Sap, like Millsap. yeah. That's All right, so like that. we're gonna go. We're gonna talk talk about some old guys. What a good, great transition. And now we're gonna talk about some young guys. And you know, I love to talk futures and prospects uh, of the future. Um, this is this is huge news this week. This might have been the biggest basketball news, and that is 
we now have the number one and number two recruit of the 2023 class reclassify in a 2002 class, which then makes their rating like three and seven. But anyways, these two AAU two teammates of Jalen Duran and Imani Bates, who was uh, as a sophomore, the Gatorade player of the year in the entire nation. Uh, they joined Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. Who are you looking at in college basketball or the NBA G League as far as hyping up for this 2022 draft, which I mean, it looks like this 2021 draft was pretty damn good. I think this next one where we got we got there's some really strength at the top. There's some really good players. So who are you looking at, Doc? Anybody in particular stand out to you or teams that you're watching? Nobody does stick out to me in particular, but I just think the whole landscape changing is kind of interesting because this is Mike Krzyzewski's last year. So who knows what Duke is going to look like? You know, Duke was typically a four-year school. They were one of the last teams to go to the one and done. They haven't been nearly the same team they've been in the tournament. And next year, they're going to have a new coach. And as we've seen with the number one and two picks this year, one went to college, one went to the G League. So are those powerhouse schools like Kentucky and Duke still going to be able to recruit these one and dones? Are they going to go to schools like Villanova now or Virginia that have had more recent success? Or are we going to just see them, you know, try and market as soon as they can and go to the G League? So it just that's so more- happened that Duke did land two of those top 10 guys. One's Paolo Benchero, who's the number two rated player. And the other one is AJ Griffin, which is Adrian Griffin's son and who looks the part. So you have two guys that are most likely top 10 picks. From Duke, and you know, we saw uh, Zion and we saw uh Reddish, and we saw that matchup. I see that they really have a team this year that could be in that type of contention, especially in Coach K's last year. But they've, they've had studs recently, like they've had very good recruits and just haven't meshed well or played well in the tournament. And the players will get selected high because of their prospect pedigree, but it's just interesting because. I think the draft or the the tournament can really help your value. It can't really hurt it. And we're seeing, I think, for other players in schools that they're getting more attention. So I just think that's kind of an interesting trend I'm looking forward to this year. All right. And I love I love uh Paolo Banchero, but by the way, just to transition before I hear some of these other guys that because so those two guys for Duke are some people that that really stand out to me. AJ Griffin, we haven't seen as much in this um pandemic period. He's faced like a couple injuries, but he has that prototypical wing, uh, like uh, positioning, body build, and USA background. And Paolo Banchero, who I just seen him working out with Brinkley yesterday, 6'10, lights out shooter. He can hit you off the dribble. He has got a nice mid range game, mid range game. He's smooth. Uh, he has an Italian background, so it's good to have a, a representative from that country. But it, he actually could compete with Chet uh, Holmgren for that number one position. That's how talented this kid is. Chase? You know, I'm, I'm really excited for uh, Memphis in the next coming years. I mean, Penny Hardaway, uh, I think he's going to get a lot of recruits just because, you know, these guys, you know, these 16, 17, 18-year-old guys, their parents know Penny Hardaway. And by putting Rasheed Wallace as your lead assistant, that's going to help recruiting as well. Um, I think that's huge. And, and I really like, you know, that they got um, Imani Bates. But with Imani Bates, I mean, I, he's – He's in. He's 17 right now. So obviously he's he's he was in high school. He was a six nine point guard, I believe. So I think it's going to be somewhat of a transition from him going to be a six nine point guard to. I mean, is he just going? Are they just going to kind of play like an NBA positionless, or is he going to have to play kind of big in college? He's um, he's more of a. So he's a wing. I know he would bring the ball up, but he's not your traditional point guard. He's just he's he's literally he's a sniper, um, and he can get you off the dribble. I call him Baby KD because. His skill set, yeah. his movements, his step back, it's it's unbelievable how he can go and create a shot. One of the, the weaknesses, though, is uh, they've, they've talked about his coachability. Sometimes he thinks he's bigger than the team. I think Penny and Rashid will help check that. He is not eligible for this year's draft, by the way. Not eligible. And I've never really seen that with a kid that goes up in a class. They have to play a year, but then they they're not like like Chase said, he's not going to be 18 by the time uh, draft day hits. So he's got to wait another year unless wow. you know, Silver changes the rules. Um, 
But you 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 might see one year in Memphis. He, he might go G League after that. He might go overseas. Like there's no guarantee that he plays two years with Memphis. I see. So Jalen Duran, he did move up, but he's old enough to be eligible in this year's draft, and I see him going to the draft. So that's something intriguing I about thought, Memphis. I thought the rule was eighteen or one year removed from high school. Like I think. Like, how is he not eligible after playing a year at Memphis? Uh, that's the I mean, I, I've, I've read all about it, but it had to do with the age thing. So, uh-huh. I, feel like, uh, I feel like he would have just went straight to the Ignite, made money. Exactly. Yeah, then why? I mean, that, that that's personally why I think. You well, know, there's other kids that have done that, that that um are going in. This is going to be their junior year and they're going to play for the G League Ignite at like 16. Like you're allowed to do it. There was a kid that signed a. Uh, seven-figure uh, contract or six-figure contract um, or deal for a two-year thing. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 the first NAL thing. NAL probably helps. The first thing I saw when Imani Bates reclassed, I'm like, is he eligible for the draft? Because Chet Holmgren, who we haven't talked about yet, is, is number one on most people's boards. But Imani Bates in there, they could shake things up. And right now he's number three behind Holmgren and Bonchero from Duke. I'm about to talk about Chet Holmgren. Uh, but it's negatively, actually, because I think the best. Yeah, you, you've you've said on record you pro um, the kid from France, Wamba, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to talk about. So um, Victor Wembanyama, he's going to be in the twenty twenty three draft. Um, he's seven foot two, seven eight wingspan. He shoots threes. He gets blocks. He gets boards. I don't know if you've seen him playing with Rudy Gobert and almost like dominating him. <laughs> like it's it's kind of shocking. Um, this kid comes from a background of professional parents, um, or uh, professional athlete parents, I should say. Um, the kid is—he's just a fascinating specimen. Um, I think he's the—he's a better prospect than LeBron was coming out of high school, and I honestly yeah, think that he's—I honestly think he's going to be the best player of like all time if he continues this trajectory. He put up like twenty twenty eight blocks in a U nineteen game in the in the FIBA Nationals. Uh, the dude is just a specimen to watch. I don't know if you saw him against Chet Holmgren in, in a recent yeah. um, international matchup. He made Chet look like, you know, just another guy. And another Chet guy? Holmgren, he might be a number one pick. Like They won so gold in that game. That was the gold yeah. matchup. It was France versus USA. And Chet Holmgren, who won the MVP of that tournament, was did more than more than his job. He didn't look ordinary. Uh, Wimbe had a, had a couple more points, but he's also the the focal point of that French team. I like Chet Holmgren better, um, so this would be an interesting debate uh, for me and Brad going forward because um, these are two guys that do play the same position. I love Chet Holmgren's instincts defensively. I like his toughness. He's very frail, very frail. He's got a bit coming to his body, but he's he's a sniper from deep. He can shoot it off the dribble. I mean, he made it big from crossing up Steph Curry at Steph Curry's camp. Uh, but he's going to go to Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's not going to skip a beat. He, he's a former AU teammate of uh, Jalen Suggs. And when Jalen Suggs player of the year, Chet Holmgren was the next year. I think this is Chet Holmgren's time. He doesn't skip. Like, he's playing basketball all the time. I see him. He's over there in the Portland program. He's he's here. He's there. He's never scared of the bump. He's playing everybody. And um, I just love his ability on both ends. I think he moves his feet better. Than Wamby, uh, and that's to me. I think that that makes him a better def- overall defensive player. He averaged five blocks a game his senior season. I really love uh, Chet Holmgren. He's always been playing with Team USA, and uh, we'll see uh, as far as those two guys head ahead. But I think that because uh, Wamby will be in a future draft, it's going to be more Holmgren versus Bonchero this year in comparison on who's probably going to go to that number one pick. Bonchero is, is bigger. Like he has a better NBA body build right now, but Chet is taller and um, he looks like he's, he's the better defensive force overall. Uh, one other guy that I definitely wanted to mention before we, ha- uh, before we move on from the prospects, that is, you know, Jalen Green's replacement. His name is Jaden Hardy. And this kid is a walking bucket uh, he has zero conscience. He's shooting it from half court. He shoots bad shots, but he makes a lot of these difficult shots. He really is shifty. Um, it's so hard to stay in front of him, and he's got a he's got a good strong build. He's that you know that six four six five shifty point you know mixed guard uh, position. 
They have a bunch of other prospects that are, that are probably two of those guys will go first round. They got a kid Dyson Daniels from Australia, but Jaden Hardy has an outside chance of being the number one overall pick because he's what the league needs, and that's playmaking guards. Uh, and and he averaged close to a 30, uh, 10 and ten his last year in high school, and now you know he's taking his talents to the G League at night in. Uh, he's he's special. He he really is. So you guys have a take on Hardy. Do you have a, a case for making him maybe possibly the number one overall pick when we get to that point? No. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll get a lot of action. We get a lot of G League games on ESPN. So we'll see that. Moving on, our most underrated player in the NBA. Chase, who is your most underrated player in the NBA? Now, we didn't specify this as like top tier talent, middle. This could be anywhere, wherever you thought when I said underrated, who are you thinking about? You know, I was going to say uh, maybe two months ago before the Bucks won the finals, I would Drew still Holiday. say Holiday. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, I agree right with now, you. Right now, not to say – I mean, I can't really say Drew Holiday now. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a tough one. It could be anyone. Um, you know, don't sleep on Derek White in San Antonio. Okay. All right. I like that. I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, and I think this year he might, you know, with San Antonio, they're they're kind of in that stage where, you know, they got rid of DeRozan. They don't really have that that dog right now. I mean, Deontay Murray at the, at the point guard spot. Um, but kind of last year, you know, when DeRozan, DeRozan had a weird year last year. It wasn't your typical like 22, 23. He, I think his points went down to maybe in the lower 20s and he was, he was dishing out more. Um, Derek White had some 30 point games. Um, and I think this year, you know, he kind of has the keys in San Antonio. Um, and if he can shoot the ball at a consistent rate and kind of work on finishing better, I think he could be around a 17 to 18 point score. That's interesting. He might get a if he if he does play to that level, he might get in a most improved player because he he was so injury riddled last year. It just seemed like they brought him back too early or something because every time he's he played and he missed five games and he played a couple. So, uh, but before that, he was showing promise. He did make that um, team USA that they sent out um, that we lost in the worlds, but he got some good experience there. I know Pop was the coach, and we saw him keep Keldon Johnson this past year. So, guys, you oh. Kelvin Johnson might be on the top of some people's list because that kid, uh, that kid can really hoop. He made big jump last year, so we got a Derek White shout out for the Spurs. Brad, who you got? Oh, uh, underrated Simmons, without a doubt. Oh, I mean, uh, people act like he's a scrub now because they saw him have a bad performance. Um, this guy's an All NBA defensive talent. He's going to be a Hall an all, a Hall of Famer. I don't care if he shoots another three pointer in his life. Uh, ben Simmons is an incredible talent, and he gets a tremendous amount of hate. Doc, uh, I think it's Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, his, you nailed it. You nailed it, Doc. Go ahead. It, it, it's it. funny. It's funny because we talk about Drew Holiday, and, and Drew Holiday is the one that he replaced. But he's increased his scoring each year from ten to 13, 15, 16. Tell a him. career high, twenty-one point two this year. Great shooter from the line, about 88% for his career. Career 50% from the two. He's increasing his three-point percentage, uh, averaging six assists last year. Just a great defender. He doesn't put up the numbers. Like he, His career steals is less than one per game, but he's known as a great lockdown defender and just somebody that we don't talk about, especially for being a second-round draft pick. Wow, 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 wow. Me and Doc, Doc – I got, I got to give him some timeout time because when he comes back, he sees the light. <laughs> he sees the truth. It is definitely Malcolm Brogdon to me. Um, when I when I looked at this question, it screamed. Uh, like Doc pointed out, he increases points per game every single season, going from sixteen point five to twenty one last year. They got swept in the playoffs for the player uh, for the Pacers the year before, but they were banged up. And he, it wasn't in part because of him. He averaged twenty two and ten assists, so he can distribute a little bit. Uh, he rebounds well. He's a former 50, 40, 90 uh, player. Uh, he can, he's a solid defender who can guard both guard positions. Um, he's fundamentally sound. He's a very smart player, that pedigree from um, uh, playing the pack line at, at, at Virginia. 
Uh, he's he's 28. He's in the prime of his career. If I am a contending team, he is a player that can put you over the edge. So I would I really value him um, based on his contract. I think he's got like a four or five year, 80 mil. He's on a really good number. And um, he's just a guy that screams winning and shooting those high efficiency numbers uh, that Doc pointed out. I, he was the first guy that I thought of. Doc, um, coach, would you guys give him the max? Yes. Well, it depends on the max, like not the super max, like not the full out number, but I would max him out to keep him. I would. If, yeah. if you're giving Jared Allen $100 million, this guy is, is, to me, is a way more valuable player. Ooh. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna change my answer just a little bit because I know we were going big big names. Um, yeah, go I'm gonna ahead. I'm gonna tell you someone who's really underrated, who never gets any love in my opinion, and that's Clint Capella. That's true. Oh. Yeah. Clint was I mean this man like never played basketball until he was like 16. He goes to Houston, and they just kind of throw him in there because he's he's the only height they have on that team, and you know he he went from blocking like a half a blocks his first year to like a consistently 1.7 to two. And in those Rockets years, I mean, everyone, you know, goes off on hard and how he wasn't playing defense. So he was kind of that guy in the paint. And then he goes to Atlanta. And again, Trey Young doesn't play defense. Kevin Hurd doesn't play defense. I mean, I know that's your guy, but you know, the, the, <laughs> but in Atlanta, he was pretty much the defensive guy. And like, and you know, no one talks about his rebounding. I mean, he led the league in rebounds. I mean, it's ridiculous. I think he did, right? It was him, right? Capella? Yeah. He was the rebounding champ last year. Yeah, yeah. And, he averaged I mean, 14 a game, so, yeah. And he aver- yeah, and, and he gets no love because, you know, he's not putting up crazy amounts, and, you know, the only time he scores is off alley-oops, but we got you got to talk about him a little bit. He does have a subtle, subtle like, look about him that he doesn't really get – he never, never gets mentioned. Even, like, in Atlanta, they, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and – you just you heard a lot of Trey Young and even even Kevin Herter, but uh, or Collins. You don't really hear uh, Capella. I mean, he completely changed that team. They they weren't even in the playoffs the year before. I mean, yeah, I know they they signed a bunch of people, but I wouldn't say Bogdanovich and Gallinari was the reason why they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were contributors. Uh, their biggest, I guess, free agent pickup because he never played in, played a game uh, after the trade was. Capella last year. That was huge. Capella, Capella averaged 15, 14, and two blocks last year. Yep. He's getting he's getting a little bit of a jump shot, too. He's just uh, – he kind of reminds me of, like, early early stage DeAndre Jordan, though. That's kind of why, like like you said, like he only scores on alley-oops and he can rebound his ass off. It's just, like, at this point, at this game, this stage in the NBA, like, I almost worry that you can find that anywhere. Like, I wouldn't want to pay that dude huge money because I feel like he has a skill set that is easily found in other big men. Well, I think he's on a similar contract to um, Malcolm Brogdon, too. I think he's on a good number. Yes, he's on like a 580. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I like that. We got one more to go around. Who is your favorite new breakout player of the 2021 season? This could be a rookie. This could be. A, you know, a Jeremy Grant that came, you know, got a, a new new look on a new team and, and and played played higher than what they were expected to do. Who broke out to you in this last season, Brad? This was a I don't know. This is a tough one to me. I don't know who really broke out. Like, cause I almost discount like Jeremy Grant. I don't think of as a breakout player. I think of as he was a guy getting like garbage time points on a terrible team like he was the only person he did he averaged 23 though last year so like but anybody was, if you if you say if you give anybody in the nba jamie grant's role on that detroit team they could put up his numbers like i don't no i don't know anybody I, can I, average that's not, that, that's not how that's not how it works brad <laughs> i mean yeah it's not how it works but i'm just saying like it is like he no he doesn't have no that's not you just can't say it's not Okay, yeah, it is. No, it isn't. You should, Brad. You should have just went with Kevin Porter Jr. He broke out okay, last Kevin year. Kevin Porter Jr. There you go. Now you're right. You're the man. Hey, no, nah, that was like a 20 game sample size. Chase, he, he was he was crushing it at the end of the season. Doc, who broke out to you? So, th- are we looking forward for next year, right? Or for like uh, this upcoming season? I, I was gonna say that from this past season, but if you want, like. 
hey, we're we're talking about preview. We're looking at schedules. You can, you can yeah. I mean, things I, gonna break out next year. That's so, cool. so I I definitely have to look when you know rosters are set and, and you know teams still might make trades. But there's two guys I really like, and one is a Wizards guy, Daniel Gafford, which the local oh. people know. The local people know he's ready to break out. But I also think Jalen Suggs, like Jalen Suggs, is probably in a position to help turn the Magic franchise around. I think he's a very NBA-ready player. I don't think there's going to be pressure on him because the Magic are a mediocre franchise and he wasn't a top three pick. So I'm very interested to see what he do. I think he has a very efficient rookie year, not flashy, but you know, kind of a breakout from where his draft position was. I feel like I was wrong about Jalen Suggs after watching him in summer league. Like I thought he was going to have trouble scoring. You were wrong. He, he looks he looks real comfortable. You he, he looks he fluid. He looks fluid. Yeah, he looks real fluid. Yeah, I like Jalen Suggs, man. Chase, uh, I lo- I love the Gafford pick. I'm going to go with someone kind of similar uh, who I think is going to break out. Who got paid uh, 54 million, I think, over four um, on basically one huge game in the playoffs last year. And then the team was like, oh, we're going to pay this guy. That's Robert Williams of the Celtics. Oh. He, he almost had a triple-double against the Brooklyn Nets. He had uh, 11 points, nine rebounds, nine blocks. And in like, in like 20 minutes. So um, and his, and last year, he was only playing 18 minutes a game. And I know that a lot of talk around the league was that he's kind of that motor got kind of, kind of similar to like a Clint Capella. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to rim run. Um, he's gonna catch alley oops, um, but he was he wasn't getting the time. Brad Stevens was not playing him at all, um, and then all of, I mean I, think I don't that, know if that uh, Brad Stevens like respected him too much. I think that that that, that coaching change might help Robert Williams a lot. I know, remember he overslept his rookie year in that playoff yeah. game. Like he made, he didn't I do show much shoot around on time. But yeah, go ahead. I do remember that? And I think I mean I think he is gonna be the starting center. So. Uh, I think that he could get more time and he's going to put up some stats. And I think he could be important to that kind of role right there with, you know, with Tatum and Brown. I think he could have a similar role to Clint Capella. He's going to, you know, be that defensive um, presence in the paint. And, you know, he could get some really nice numbers. And I, I just think it's crazy that, you know, they kind of paid him big, big, I mean, 13 million a year on someone who played 18 minutes a game is, is kind of crazy to me. So I hope he breaks out. It is. It is. It is. And obviously they, they see it every day. So maybe they see something as far as that defensive ability. Cause he, do, he does have upside. Docs always points out his uh, like his first 36 numbers are crazy. Like it, it, if he actually did play, he averaged like four or five blocks a game. So we'll see what happens with uh, maybe more opportunity and more maturity, because I think that's been one of his weaknesses in his early part of his career is just not being, um professional enough i have the answer and it's to doc's chagrin here it's lamello ball lamello ball took the league by storm last year 16 6 and 6 rookie of the year uh only started 31 games of the 51 that he played uh but he changed that that hornets franchise around there and now i mean they, it was the first year but i i could see this team in the playoffs for a long time he affects winning um, the kid is underhand passing full court dimes. Uh, he just plays with a flair and, and electricity that um, speaks volumes. And a lot of people see his this only going up. You, you, you could see this kid possibly averaging a triple double. Um, he's showing some defensive instincts that, you know, people never really gave him credit for beforehand. They never really saw him give effort on that end. But uh, a six, seven point guard that just flashes dazzles and can shoot off the dribble my guy's lamella ball and and he's here to stay and will uh, he'll be very entertaining for the future and you know hopefully Jalen green uh provides that for houston this year so we'll see any uh anything you guys want to plug on a way out anything going guys on? i have a i have a video coming out why LeBron is a very overrated player. It's going to be very controversial. It is going to be very controversial. I've oh spent God. weeks doing research. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Jeez. I'll, I'll be the first. Jax, I'm with you, Doc. Uh, hey! I, I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but over the weekend, I don't know if it was House of Highlights or some one of, these, one of these highlight pages was, showed like a 10-pack of uh lebron it was like the caption was like lebron shooting from the logo before it was cool and i'm like first of all 
come on like i saw that you saw that yeah it's like it was first of all, half of them were buzzer beaters running buzzer beaters. yeah it was ridiculous Ron drinking gatorade before everybody else did it <laughs> also uh I have a bunch of fantasy football and fantasy basketball articles on FantraxHQ.com. Make sure to check those out. Excellent. No. <laughs> Don't check out the LeBron overrated. Why, why would we do that? It's Space Jam <laughs> One was Space Jam One was even was better. Um, wherever you find your podcast, go follow the Triple Play Fantasy Franchise. Look out for our baseball, basketball, football pods drop every week. Everything fantasy baseball related and fantasy foodies with D Mini and Screw. Check us out. We got everything you need. We are going to continue to grind and make this podcast the favorites like Joe Johnson and the triplets of the big three. Check us out on Twitter, IG at Trip play fantasy thanks again from the entire triple play fantasy family for joining in